Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of 831 Comadres, where, where nothing's, nothing's off the table, table cuando estás entre comadres. This is Frenchie. And this is Sam. And we are happy to be coming to you from beautiful downtown there Salinas, California. Say, right? okay. <laughs> <laughs> Salad Bites Media Headquarters here. And we're super happy to have a compadre in, in a studio with us today. Hola, Introduce compa. yourself. Hello. Um, <laughs> my name's Ernest. Yes. I, I own a f few businesses here in Salinas. The Bearded Bean is one of them. Yes. I, I own that with my, my two brothers, not by blood, but my two brothers, Eric and Michael. <laughs> Old Town Antiques. Yeah. I own that oh, with, yeah. with Eric. And maybe we'll get into how we, we came about that business at some point. And a bookstore, which is my the, the Rose Books in Obscurities, which is mo mostly online. It's located in the antique shop. Mm -hmm. and For real? So, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, and yes. and that that's but we we we, uh, we have a, a pretty nice following on online with with the books. I love but that's it. what I'm passionate about. Ernest and I have many a conversation about yeah. reading, writing, poetry, that whole you know lot of it or whatever. I guess outside of business, I'm I always have con considered myself an artist. I even look at business as being a form of, of mm -hmm. art. Well, yeah, you know? look at your tattoos, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, I, artwork I, right there. I think just the way I live is, is, yeah. is, is as I try to be as, is, is, is implement my creative side as much as possible in anything that I do. So mm -hmm. it's just art is, is the art of living, I guess. I love Liv that. Living artfully and, and gracefully through the good and, and the bad. And I guess we'll get into some of that yeah. later today mm -hmm. and the challenges that I've been through. Mm -hmm. And um, how I got to where I got. But I was born and raised in Salinas. My dad is from La Sauceda, Jalisco. Okay. Uh, Dude, oh okay. my God, shut up. You, I, I think we've had this conversation, but you probably know my brother-in-law and, and his and family. My mom is from uh, El DF, Mex Mexico City. Oh, so the, even, right. even that, those how two. How funny, and I was just yeah. what I said before the show. <laughs> <laughs> those two vast worlds coming together and then creating. That's so cool. You know, cool. me here, I, was, um, I spent the first few months of my life in a rose field that my dad used to work in mm. um, here in Salinas. So he started as a florero mm, okay. and, uh, and working in the fields, taking like care of my Spanish mom. I like Spanishness. Florero. Row them R's. So my, my story begins way before my story begins here, yeah. you know, and before the bearded bean. And all. So are you first gen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My mom was, they, they're both born in Mexico. They came here very young. Mm -hmm. My dad was, you know, and he went through hell to get here. At, wow. You know, uh, I mean, his story's pretty insane. But yeah. um, my mom was here from the age of four or five years old, you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Do you think that, is that where you get your tenacity from? Because I know that you're very tenacious in business and the things that you go after and not necessarily mm -hmm. in the sense to like, push for things but to very much allow things to come to you organically but yes. i know you're Before that type you of person answer that question i have to ask this when's your birthday <laughs> <laughs> it's november 26th so oh so you're a libra no no sagittarius a, you're a sagittarius yes, yes. you are okay but see there's different because uh, i'm a sagittarius yeah and then but there's november oh, okay. sagittarius and there's december sagittarius yeah I get more December from you, not than November. Okay, okay. So I, I get, yeah. I get, you know, I, I, I every third year, I think mm -hmm. something like that. My you're right at the cusp, though. Yeah, it lands on yeah. Um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, every third year. 
But what, what was the question Sorry. that you asked? I, I, <laughs> Do you think that like, because you oh, said that your so, dad's story is like, a, yes. he went through hell to get here. So do you think that that's where you like get your tenacity from? Because again, you're like very tenacious in the things that you go after. And yeah, I, I know that you're that type of person where like, if you want something, mm-hmm. like it may not happen today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. but it you seems, are plotting yeah, on a motherfucker to get it. You feel me? <laughs> it, it seems that way. I, I am, I am, I would say calculated very calculated with the things that I do. It seems that way, but it's more of an intuitive approach to the things that I do. Um, And that has followed me my entire life. Mm -hmm. I have an intuition and I I go after it. You know, I think experience, I've always said, (laughs) I just don't want to get it wrong. It's a Leonardo da Vinci quote. Mm -hmm. Um, I just saw that movie the other day. I I think it's wisdom. Wisdom is the daughter of experience Mm. is the quote. Right. And and that just goes to show you can read all the books in the world. And if you're not out there experiencing the world, yep. experiencing things as, as they come to you, you're not going to learn anything. I, I feel like life is a school mm. um, like and that. we're here to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and I've learned a lot in my life through a lot of successes and through a lot of errors. Mm-hmm. And learning from those errors has been the, the, the biggest reason why I I've been able to do the things that I've been able to do being back in Salinas for only what two and a half years or I know 24 months so okay let's take it back let's rewind it a little bit tell us about like little east sideness mm-hmm. like you were intuitive like yeah. you said from a very young age did you know that you wanted to go into business right away like because I know you um, moved away right after you graduated high school yes correct? I graduated in 04 and 05 I started working with uh, HSBC a credit card company mm-hmm who transferred me to Las Vegas. He allowed me the opportunity to move to Las Vegas, and I took it. Um, I was 19 or 20 years old at the time when I moved to Las Vegas. I worked for another six months for them out in Las Vegas and then moved into the mortgage industry with Mm -hmm. Countrywide Home Loans. And at 20, 21 years old, I was making I was making six figures at that age, wow. uh, working in the mortgage and that was field. When everything was blowing up, yes, in regards it was. So this is like before the estate. this was before the crash of two thousand eight. Mm. So I caught the last three years before the crash. So I mm-hmm. made a shitload of money when I was young, right? Yeah, and uh, I didn't always know what to do with it you know i don't come from a generation that had money so i have all this money i'm young i i go out and i buy cars i splurge i do you know a lot of stupid you ball out mm-hmm. i made made a lot and of then mistakes, you lived yeah. in vegas too right yeah, and i'm and sure with no family like, there no no mm, real foundation there it was the I was, bitches were just it, throwing themselves <laughs> at you huh <laughs> fast cars fast that, life i was like come on this is comadres bitch <laughs> But then Ness is very much engaged now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the life that he He's leads. Like, yeah, I have to come at me. But but I'll I'll, 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 spe- I'll speak on on some of these things and and how <laughs> and how those things led to a lot of dangers in my life, also, yeah. right? And not knowing how to handle those things at such a young young age. So I was at with Countrywide for two about two years. I spent the Last year before the crash, I, and, and again, my, my timing might be off here, with Edward Jones. Okay. I was with Edward Jones not too long. I was with them for about six months, but I got my Series 7 license, which allowed me to mm-hmm. um, make invest, investments for, for people, individuals that had money. Some of the issues that I had to deal with in the corporate world, I didn't like. Yeah, I was young. I was Latino. I had tattoos. I didn't have a college degree. I just always sort of hustled my way into these mm-hmm. <laughs> these yeah. opportunities and then when and okay let me tell you something when i got the job at countrywide right mm-hmm. 
I, I will never forget this. I went through two interviews and I, and I knew that countrywide agents were making a shitload of money because mm-hmm. I'd see them in Bentleys. I'd see them in Mercedes. And I remember asking. Proximity. One, one, I, yeah, I was a guy in a Mercedes, an AMG Mercedes. And I asked him what he did for a living. We hung out with him one night, me and a couple of friends. And he was like, I do mortgages for countrywide. He told me he made like $36,000 a month. At the time, I thought that was insane. Mm. You know, <laughs> with, with HSBC, I was making like 4500 right? So, And you thought that was a lot of money too. I, at the time, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a lot. So I'm like, 36000 If I can make half of that, mm. I'm okay. So I started researching where he worked and I started applying and, you know, whatever. I went through the interview process. I still remember to this day, and this is when I sort of knew that I was good at sales, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was sitting on my desk. They gave me a brand new desk. This was, you know, after they hired me and on my first day. And I'm sitting there on the desk and I didn't know what the f- hell a mortgage was. And I'm You're sitting like, on the desk, the but fuck? I got the job. But I hustled. <laughs> I knew enough to get myself the job, but I didn't know what the hell a mortgage even was. Damn. Right? So that's when I knew that I, I needed some refinement, obviously. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I had a but rough. Th- first it's that whole like fake it till you make it, right? And like, hell yeah. as you're it's, telling it's, me, it's, it was more intuitive. And again, I don't. I I always feel like I was a genuine individual. I just was very raw in my approach, gotcha. and and I wasn't refined in my approach. It's all, it's like a stone that that mm. it needs refinement, and and these things refine me. So that I had a rough first five six months. The reality mm. hit me, you know, when I was making half of what I was making at, at HSBC and I wasn't making any sales. But sure, sure enough, I became one of their top sales agents after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was young, you know, so I, I, I started seeing those $15,000, $20,000 a month paychecks at, at that age. And that's when my life really changed wow. in many good ways, but also many bad ways. I gained a lot of bad habit. Um, a young man with a lot of money in Las Vegas. Sin City. In Sin City. <laughs> Literally so Sin City. All of those things combined and with no guidance, yeah. really, you know, to, to show me, you know, what to do, how, how to approach life, um, how to approach situations, nothing. Mm-hmm. I had to go out there and learn it on my own. So it led to a lot of dangerous situations, a lot of frustrations in that world, being mm-hmm. that I didn't fit in in that corporate world because they never accepted me, but they accepted me because I made them money. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I remember my boss pulling me, and this is about six months after I had gone with Countrywide, a branch opened in Las Vegas, and it was a, a bunch of got young guys from Boston. They mm-hmm. moved them to Las Vegas, opened a new branch. When I was at Countrywide, I was at a branch with a bunch of older uh, white gentlemen yeah. who <laughs> didn't really like me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm not implying anything. They Inches just didn't vehicles. like me. They just didn't like me, right? And um. <laughs> So I, that's why I didn't do well. And this shows how people do well if you, if you, if you water the flower, yeah. right? It grows. If you put so, them in the right situation. And I think so, that's a, a really good, like, example of, like, you know, when a seed doesn't grow, when a, you know, a plant doesn't grow, right? You change the environment. You don't yeah. uproot. Like, you, you don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Dig out the seed or whatever. So, yeah. So let, to backtrack a little bit, I ended up quitting Countrywide for a month or two and finding another job and um like something I, I, similar something that? similar okay. i was with u.s bank doing business banking okay. right and then i i went to uh, i i knew this branch was opening but i just mm-hmm. couldn't stand where i was at the time i felt like i was lied to i felt you know very betrayed by how i was treated yeah, yeah, in, that, yeah. in that environment but i knew this branch was opening so one <laughs> i was at u.s bank and I'm not going to get into details, but um, I was only there like two weeks. I quit over the intercom because it was a bank, a business banking <laughs> at 
a grocery store. Oh, dude, you're my hero. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, I've always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, there was this young one of girl, those. You're like, cool. You're cool. Like, this, this, I'm cool. this young girl who was a manager who just didn't like me for whatever reason, and and she was just trying to imply her power upon me, and I just didn't. I told her I didn't want to do the announcements. It wasn't in my job description. So she called the RVP. When the RVP was in front of me, I said, "You know what? I'm sorry. I'm just a little bit shy. Let me go ahead and try one while you're here." So I got on the microphone <laughs> at the U.S. Bank and inside like a Vons in, or like a fucking Safeway or whatever. Safeway, I think. It okay, was. you're like I quit. Okay, you know, I was like, yeah. oh, Vons is like, Vons is the yeah. LA. So I got on the intercom. I was like, <clears throat> I was like, fuck U.S. Bank. I fucking hate this job. I don't need it. I'm out. Something along Mike those drop, lines, right? And then I <laughs> hung up the phone and I walked out and. <laughs> which a line at US Bank with everyone staring at me. That's tight. I'm so sorry, that's, that's, that's like fucking. Did you like? You, you want to know the funny thing? You want to know the funny thing? And this is fa- now fast forwarding a little bit. My first business was across the, that I started a few years after that was across the street from that from that, that same US, bank from that same grocery store in that same bank. Oh my god! But, um, I love that. Tell me, you okay. did something really swagalicious <laughs> as you walked out, though, like something Most super saucy. No, like, I was nervous like, no, because oh, really? I was twenty-one at the time. Oh, I, I hadn't made baby. any money yet. You know what? Tell this story. I, I hadn't made any money yet, so I was broke <laughs> and I didn't have a job and I didn't have a family uh, there in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I was going home to pack to move back to Salinas. Right. So as I'm driving out, I stop at a I, I parked at a Home Depot. I dialed the number to the new countrywide office that had opened. It was a bunch of young dudes from Boston and from New York. Mm-hmm. The four With years. Thick that, fucking accents. <laughs> the four years that I spent at that countrywide, those were my college years. I learned so much. That's so I called Andy. That was his name, Andrew mm-hmm. Jones. He lives here in the Bay Area. So maybe he'll, you know, I'll send him the link. Shout out. So <laughs> I, I, I gave him, I gave him a, a call and I was, and I told him Andy, the situation. Andy, don't poach this. Okay? And I told him why I left countrywide uh-huh. so i had um an interview with him i think that next day right and and he took me into his office and it was so refreshing at the time i was 21 mm-hmm. and they were like 32 30 mm-hmm. 32 so they were young dudes right but they were still o- older than yeah, me to yeah, where yeah, I, yeah. I can look up to them and in the interview halfway through the interview <laughs> i'm sitting there i'll never forget this and it was a brand new office henderson nevada all windows and it looked and it looked over the Las Vegas strip. And in the middle of the interview, I see Andy just looking away, like distracted. And I'm like, Still and I talking, look out but... and he's like staring at this this girl walking by, right? <laughs> total with a total Boston accent, like just looking at her like, oh, dude, like, what the fuck? Did you see that? And then he looks at me and I'm like, yeah, I guess we're in the middle of an interview is what I'm thinking in my head. And and, and event, immediately I knew that their their attitude was much more relaxed, much more real, down to earth. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I just asked them straight up. I said, dude, I need a job. I was like, if I don't get a job in the next few days, I have to move back to California. It's just my situation. He's like, and he was just very straightforward to me. So why'd you leave? And I told him, I said, dude, it's I can't, I don't know what I'm selling. I, I don't know what a mortgage is. I just need the basics. Yeah. Like, I, I said, Andy, I can sell the shit out of anything. I just need to know what I'm selling. Mm-hmm. And he helped me cultivate my, you know, and, and be, become more of a refined individual. And I thrived. For the business I world, thrived. right? I, I thrived there. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, after the market crash, I started my, my first business. And I'm fast forwarding here. But I started my first business in finance in 2008. Mm-hmm. or nine and all of these things 
that, that, that I do now with the bearded bean and the reason we've been able to advance, part of the reason we've been able to advance so far and make leaps so fast have been of those things that I learned during during the time of starting my first business. Nice. You okay, know, so before we yeah. get into the first business, let's fast forward just a little bit. <laughs> Tell us one crazy story, mm-hmm. Vegas night, or something that's just memorable to no, you. Of, like like you said, you got Vegas. into a lot of trouble or something. I can already think, of, think it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us one quick this, story, the right? Quick <laughs> point, the whole point of this, this whole conversation <laughs> is the fact that I... So I felt a, Tell a, a sort of Tell rebellion, it, <laughs> a sort of rebellion against the corporate world, mm, right? I love it because I. It was always for me. Then the tattoos are a reflection of that. It was if you're not able to see past the tattoos, if you're not able to see past that, the facade. and see the real person behind that, mm-hmm. I don't want to know you. Mm, if yeah. you can't see my past, past my tattoos, I don't even want to get to know you. Yeah, you're going to judge me Real based talk. on that. <laughs> and I did it as a young, yeah. at, at being a young individual, as an expression of, excuse my language, of fuck you. Yeah. To the corporate Rage world. against the machine. I knew, <laughs> I knew if I had neck tattoo and a hand tattoo, I would never have to work for anyone again. Not because I didn't want to, because I wouldn't, I couldn't, and I'd yeah. have to figure my way out of it. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. So a crazy story. And this is all leading to something. I cultivated all of this angst and all of this frustration inside of me. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, I was like, I have all this money. I'm young. I have the cars. So I don't fit in in the corporate world. So I'm just going to go out and hang out with individuals who are make money other ways. <laughs> right? Yeah. Gotcha. I started hanging out. And, and in Las Vegas, it's a, it's a blend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's only one language in Las Vegas. And that language is money. Money. That's Come on, it. book it. Mm-hmm. That means you you go you go to the clubs in Las Vegas and you see drug dealers hanging out with CEOs. You see, yeah. uh, you, oh, you, hell yeah. you see you see them hanging out with anyone that makes money is hanging out with each other and they don't give a shit how you make the money. It's just yeah. that's the what it is. Yeah. Money is a so, cesspool. Yeah, so I, I went started, to a strip club over there. Sorry, in Vegas, real quick, yeah. and I don't like I didn't go to a boy strip club. I went to mm-hmm. a girl strip club because yeah, I don't want. Anyways, I went there. I made friends with the owners. Super nice guys, you know, buy me drinks and everything. And I didn't know they were the owners. Yeah. I started seeing people come up to them and they were giving bags. And I was like, oh, shit, they're Coke dealers. Oh. <laughs> but the nicest Coke dealers ever with free drinks. So I was like, they're so nice. My friend who I, I will refrain from saying his name. Oh, yeah. And he was my friend that. Allegedly. These allegedly, are things that happen. These are allegedly things that happen. Yes. It might be fiction. It might be just part of my book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, so th- there's this guy that I met. <laughs> um who was always the darker <laughs> aspect of me. He always looked at me as being like, you're in the corporate world and you're making money and you you know, you're... But we both uh, hustle. But we both hustle. We, ha- mm-hmm. we both had that hustle. And I always mm-hmm. looked at him as, well, you're just this... He was a drug dealer, right? Yeah. And I didn't know that at first, mm-hmm. but that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what he did. And I found out the, the hard way with that. Oh, no. But... A crazy story. This was years later. This was after I had really separated myself from him mm-hmm. and all of that. I decided, like, listen, like, I, I, I got to go the straight path in, in life. I, that's one thing. With all of those temptations and all of those things in Las Vegas, I always chose the straight path, mm-hmm. you know. But there was a time where I was attracted to that rebellion. Mm-hmm. I wanted that. I wanted to rebel. I wanted to say fuck you to the system in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that rebellion, that frustration came it reflected its it, itself through me hanging out with individuals who made money in the rebellious way, right? Yeah. 
Would you get high off that like kind of closeness to pro- that proximity to danger yes, or whatever? Yes, yeah, I just like got being, adrenaline I, rush. I like being mm-hmm. close to that danger, but mm, yeah. in one situation, it's like girls who date bad boys. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm just gonna uh, be yeah. friends with them, bro, and exactly. these are gonna be my homies. Sorry, like, now I feel that. To this, but I totally feel that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, not the whole date bad boys thing. Yeah, so in Vegas, it was like, well, what do you do? Oh, I, I work at an office. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, that's boring. You I know? bet you anything but when they like, talked to you though, they were like, "Ooh, like opportunities to launder money." Like, <laughs> you know what I'm uh, saying? Like, not so much. I think that that in Las Vegas, there was there was uh, a lot of those things that go on are, are very hush hush. Mm. Like I didn't know was a drug dealer. You know, that's what I named him in my book. Nice. I, I didn't know he was he was a, a a drug dealer. You know, I found out because I was sleeping at his house once. We partied like crazy. I woke up and when I was leaving, I found a note on his door. Door. There was a brick of of drugs, and there was a note that said "fuck you" oh. because he hadn't paid someone. Oh. So it was personal at that point. I was like, oh. I got to get out of here. I need to get the fuck out of this situation. <laughs> you know, I knew I was playing dumb because I was having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I can relate. There's a point. Okay, <laughs> let, me get, let me get to the point. The crazy story, right? And that's, that's not the crazy story. The crazy story. A few years later, I had separated myself from that situation. I go out. I hang out with him against my intuition and better judgment. And he was on something. He was on one. On one. Mm. And I was driving. And he just starts freaking out, telling Mm. me, you know, you're going to rat on me. And he thought that I knew too much because he had showed me some stuff. And and he was just going crazy. And he held a gun to my head. Oh, my God. It's like a movie. So I was in a car driving in the middle of the highway. And he pulled out a gun. I'm trying to play it cool. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, no, man, it's cool. Like, you know, like I just trying to change the subject. Like so nonchalant. But then he lifts the gun and he puts it to my head. And I'm on the highway on the 15 going to drop him off. Now, I'm dropping him off in Summerlin. You've got to understand. No. I'm on South Las Vegas Boulevard at mm-hmm. this point or, or at barely exiting on the 15. That's like 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. at that time of day, it's like 30 minutes away. During traffic, it's probably a little, a little bit more. You know, and I'm thinking there's nowhere else for me to go. You know, so this guy, I remember him freaking out so much and he has so much angst in him. I didn't know what he was going to do. He he was just very nervous and, and spewing out all of these crazy things where he um was holding. You know, I, I can almost still feel the freaking gun to my head. I didn't even want to look. I wanted to focus yeah. on, on just staying calm at that at that point in time, I think life sort of slows down a little bit where you're like, wow, like, what if, you know, like, this is it, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you don't know what state of mind they're in. Yeah, they're in. And he pulled a gun out. And in the middle of us driving on the highway, he points a gun outside of the window and just take fires two shots out like in the air. Two you know? right. two, he just lets off two rounds. Yeah. Just... And then my ears are just ringing. I can't hear oh, him my God. at that point, you know, so eventually I finally got to his house and dropped him off <laughs> as i'm going back home and in my head i'm thinking like holy crap like Y'all what the hell and, just happened yeah. you know and then i hear a phone ring and i look in the passenger and it's his his phone in my head this is past past midnight <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure what time i, I, I know it was late it was yeah it, had it, was, been late. Past it was dark <laughs> i'm like there's no I almost died no fucking way i'm driving back to this dude's no, house fuck that. i turned off the phone and i went home and i and i went to sleep and 
you know, I woke up the next day to some crazy messages. You know, it's I to greet, you to me, yes, <gasps> like you know, from person A, threat, yeah, <gasps> threatening my life and all of that. So, oh my God. I I decided to meet him. He didn't know where I lived. Luckily, I hadn't seen him in in a while, but. I decided to meet him in a public place, and mm. I gave him his phone, and I I haven't seen him since. Crazy Oy, stuff. Oy, spooky. So that's one crazy story. <laughs> oh that's, one. that's all I need to hear. Yeah, that's one night in Las Vegas. All right. <laughs> Only one night. Damn. All right. So <laughs> then the, where were we? You the hangover. So first business. <laughs> so now fast forward. <laughs> Your first business in 2008 when it's a finance, right? You started doing that? Yes. Okay. And that was still in Vegas that you were doing that? That or was in Las Vegas. That was yes. in Vegas. Oh, okay. And so what type of finance were you doing at this point? Were uh, you it, it was a lot of different products. So so it was we were mostly what we were doing is getting leads. Mm-hmm. And then we what we would do is sell those leads off to companies that were doing different types of investments or different types of, of financial okay. products. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, nice. And so then that business turned into so that business i and i dealt with a lot of challenges in that business a lot of challenges and a lot that i won't talk about Mm -hmm. right now but even leading to that business and again we're talking about challenges and and hurdles and those things that that you have to overcome to to get to 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 places where you feel that maybe you've made some progress Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of challenges that i dealt with in starting that first business right so right before that first between edward jones and my first business Mm -hmm. right I had a management position at a at a local. So here's the, the the issue. I have this business plan, and I knew that this business, the biggest thing for this business to survive was I needed leads. How do I get leads? Well, there were companies that could get leads for me, but they were charging twenty five to thirty dollars per lead. I didn't have the money to pay for that. So what did I do? I went, I searched the company that were that that was getting these leads, and I went and I worked for them. <laughs> and I worked for them as nice. a supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. So when the boss called me one day and he said, and I was only with them for like five months. I was there to learn how to get these leads mm-hmm. to start my own business. Yeah. When he called me and and he said, well, we're going to have to let someone go. We had to let two people go in the next 30 days. And he called me to let someone go. And it was a small office. It was like 15 people. I was in charge of like five of them. It was mm-hmm. like two two supervisors i think and he was in charge of like 10 i was in charge of five when the boss called me to let go of a couple of uh, individuals in my head i was like well i want to leave you know yeah i fired myself so i let myself go and and i i was good okay friends i wouldn't say good friends i was okay friends with the owner of of that business so i fired myself for a couple of reasons i knew that i needed some source of income so i knew Mm. i needed to collect unemployment during that 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 time of mm-hmm. me at least planning my my business so i collected unemployment for like six months to help me survive so that i could build my plan and know what the hell i was doing mm-hmm. and that's how i started that first business i oh, had it for five awesome. years and then sold it off um so because in your head you're like this is i, I feel like all of this you're trying and you're doing and you're like, this is making me money. But you hadn't really landed at the thing that you were like, this is the business. I this is what I want to stay with. Yeah, yeah. I and, and, and I think that gets into now. I don't want this conversation to get lost into the, the like these crazy stories. Understand that I had some very <laughs> dark times. Yeah, very dark times. And those dark times are what really refined me mm-hmm. and allowed me to now live a life where the businesses that I have now, they have not. It hasn't been a strategic approach. It's mm-hmm. been more of an intuitive approach with the beard. Bean with the antique shop with the bookstore or the the 
Antique Shop was a result of the bookstore. These have been intuitive approaches of the inner work that I've done coming out of that darkness, coming out of that, I'll be open about it, that depression that I was Mm. in. After I sold that first business in 2013, I started my clothing brand. Mm -hmm. And that clothing brand I had for seven years, I recently sold that this past January. Nice. To uh, Raul out in in Houston, Texas. What type of clothing was it? Like, Sports inspired clothing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like die, athleisure. Diehard Collective is on Instagram. They have like seventeen thousand followers. Oh, nice. Well, we 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 had, and mm-hmm. then I, I recently sold it. It was a sports inspired clothing. Okay, cool. It's crazy because even it back then I'd see people in Selena's even wearing that brand, and mm-hmm. I remember running into someone in at the Bearded Bean that was wearing a shirt, and he had no idea when I told him that I. He knew that yeah. I was owner of the Bearded Bean, that mm-hmm. I also owned that brand. He couldn't, like, comprehend. because they, two, two they were, like, two worlds apart. And yeah. he was like, what? I was like, yeah. So that's my brand. I like, designed that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty cool because yeah. I, I haven't, I've never been able to bridge. I've, I have actually have never been open to anyone. This is the mm-hmm. first time I've opened up about about the the actual name of the brand that yeah because i know you've talked before but you've always you know you and i just in conversation but you've always just said my clothing brand my clothing brand yeah and i've learned to be very respectful i think like a younger version of me like you Mm. know 18 19 20 i would have been like what's the name of it like (laughs) oh you know like like you said these things defining you know and that goes even Mm. with the coffee even with the books even with antique i don't like those, those things don't define the person that is behind it and that creative energy that goes into it and i think i play with it a little bit you follow me on my personal account yeah so Mm -hmm. i play with it a little bit we all wear a mask and (laughs) literally and and i made that mistake with the clothing brand i made the mistake of oh i'm this clothing guy i and and you fall into the trap of your own character and that's dangerous because when once that thing is gone and once that thing collapses then where are you because you've associated your persona now with that everyone knows you for that so guess what? You're going to have to swallow your pride and your ego when that thing collapses. Yeah. Right? I've learned from that. So now I'm very careful with attaching my character to coffee or books or anything. Yeah. Because I am just a, I'm, I'm just a vessel for, for the creative process that goes into all of these things. Yeah, I, I heard um, something a couple months back and it was like, don't ever attach yourself to like a thing, a company or like an object or, you know, oh, no, it was a, a thing, a person or a company like attach yourself to like a vision, a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that's it's the, the funny thing is true. I didn't come to Selena's to start a business. I know I came to Selena's to write a book, which I'm still writing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and oh, for I'll, real? Yeah, I'll be releasing my first book next year. But that's why I came. That's the magic of the following your intuition, following your heart. Yeah. A writer, right? As, mm-hmm. an, as a man who has made his character and his living off of being an entrepreneur in Las Vegas, and you're going to become a novelist. Yeah. Right? Come, and then to come and, back to your hometown. And I came to my it. hometown to do that. Yeah. Everything else you see is, it's there as a result of me writing my book. And when I get into the detail, intricate details that go into that, mm-hmm. It, it, it's a, almost a story within itself. Yeah. It's like a mirror because I came here to write my book. I wrote the first chapter of my book 
Oh, you want me to get into it? Well, okay. Before you get into that, <laughs> oh, I really I want <laughs> I really want you to get into the thing that brought you back to Salinas because I know that there was like a really dark period yes, um, so. that you had and like and you had a big breakthrough and that breakthrough is what allowed you to really come into your intuition, you know, follow your intuition, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what brought you to Salinas with the intention to write, write the book. Yes. Um, so I, so unless we tell that story, that, that, let's that, go back. Yeah, let's that's go back I, just yeah. a little bit. So talk about that breakthrough, that, okay. that time right before and leading up to it. So you, you've heard the businesses that I had. Mm-hmm. I, I had some successes in or perceived success. Financial successes, successes financial right? Successes, right. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why I feel this conversation here is important. I lost it all at some point. And why did I lose it? I lose it. I lost it for a couple of things. One, I didn't know how to manage my money. Okay. Two, I didn't. I wasn't sure of who I was. I was attaching my character to these things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a fi- a, a fashion, you know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a a financial a, a master to prove these people wrong, and all of these things, right? So when I lost it, and I lost it for my own fault, I made very bad financial decisions. I made very bad personal decisions in my life with the people that I was surrounding myself with as as you can mm-hmm. as I've told you a little <laughs> bit about. So I started I lost everything. And when I lost, you know, I, I had a high rise condo in the middle of the strip with, you know, like a few vehicles and all of that. When you lose the Mercedes, you lose the I had the Panamera, the mm-hmm. uh, the the high rise condo. I had all of that. I lost it. My character was attached to those things. Because I had attached it to those things. Yeah. So I lost it. So I went through a depression because now I'm in Las Vegas. I'm like, people are expecting an image now when they see Ernest. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, no one in Vegas knows me as Ernest. They know me as Ness. <laughs> and they didn't even know my name was Ernest. So that I just goes that. to show how sh- yeah, the yeah. shallowness that went into it. Is no it one, Ernest or Ernesto? It's Ernest. Ernest. It's Ernest. Okay. Without mm-hmm. the O. Without okay. the O. Yeah. I about to put a little yeah. R in there. Yeah, my mom, my mom went with Ernest for okay. some reason. She didn't go the Latin, the Latin round, <laughs> but she should. I, I mean, I don't mind it, yeah, yeah, but my yeah. name is Ernest. So, but I think so also part that. of it was that, like, they you said it was a lot of like white people. It was Anglo's, you know what no, I mean? It so, was, did it, they not know the? It wasn't that. I just don't like when people assume my name's Ernesto. I did. Not gonna lie, because it, yeah, because it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a big deal, yeah. but it's just like we spoke about the philosophical reasons of 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 what I feel about that. Me and mm-hmm. me and Sam did, yeah. and I'll get into that. But let's let's stay on track with, with <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that's going into a completely different conversation. But thank um, you for doing this, Ness. Thank you for keeping to like go out. Yeah. But I lost <laughs> it all, and you got to understand. I, I was after I lost everything, right? I and there's so much that goes in between these stories that we can't even get into right now. But after I lost it all, I was living in a nice, you know, apartment, yeah. you know, not, nothing too crazy. Ve- pri- prices in Vegas are, are fairly cheap, but I was used to a certain thing, a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, there were moments I didn't have enough money to eat. I didn't have enough. People don't know this, you know, yeah. because in their mind, they still have the perception of who I was. Yeah. These same people in Las Vegas, they have these expectations. So it's like, I, I remember I hit my point where I was in a, I was on the drive-thru at Panda Express and I tried to pay. drive-thru? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I, <laughs> there, there was a few things I, I went through, but I, I remember, well, the night before I had gone to, um, let's start with this. <laughs> I was at the, at the drive-thru at Panda Express to, uh-huh. to get some food and my car didn't go through. That's how broke I was, right? 
and I just broke down and I started crying out and I couldn't understand how I had fallen so hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you were eating shrimp and lobster, oh, yeah. living the life, life, popping bottles. I was, like I was in, you know, it, everything Egypt had to offer, but you know, those yeah. things, those yeah. things, it, the, that illusion collapses. You were the Pharaoh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and that's when I think it really, the reality hit me of, mm-hmm. of where I was financially, but also where I was personally. Mm-hmm. I was lost. I was just lost. It's trying to uphold this image that really it was like, dude, that's not me. And if that's not me, are you still going to accept me or are you my friends because I had those things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you find out very fast that most people, are at friends? least in that environment, surrounded themselves with me because i had those things and then you start realizing well wow well who am i because they didn't love me because of me they loved me because of all these things that i had and then it wasn't real love they pretend to love you because of all because they wanted what you had or because they whatever yeah yeah yeah. it was an illusion essentially all of it was an illusion so i felt like i was waking up from a dream i went through a depression a deep deep depression i've never talked about this um, besides to my very, very close, close mm. friends. Oh, I'm his very, very yeah. close friend, then, bitch. <laughs> but I was I became um, his close friend now. <laughs> <laughs> I went through a very, very deep depression that lasted, oh, man, I would say about a year, year and a half. Mm. But it was the darkest moment of my life. But I still now I find a lot of beauty in it. But I went through a phase where I was in such a dark state. And what led to that was the fact that I was holding so much value to these material things mm. that had no bearance on who I was. They mask, they, they, they try to hide the individual that I always was, which at heart, I was always a good individual. I was always, I always wanted to good, do good by people. I always mm-hmm. wanted to be in peace. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be in peace because we want to impress others with mm-hmm. all these, all these glamorous things. Right. And we feel like, Hey, we want to have these things. So they, these people who, don't give a shit about us. Can we can impress them? So, and and I remember, if we want to get to the darkest point uh, that I was in, it was on my coffee table, the same coffee table that now sits at the bearded bean. Is the coffee table the metal coffee table? There's in only the back. one. What do you mean? Yeah. Which one? Oh, I don't know the tables. All there's only one coffee. Time. No, coffee the one coffee table. table. Yeah. Coffee okay, table we gotta in the be back. specific so with me. Okay, <laughs> there's three sections to the bearded bean when you walk in. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You notice there's the first chairs the mm-hmm. second bar yeah and then the second the last place is meant to be like a lounge yeah yeah, yeah. with the brick yeah mm-hmm. and with that coffee table that coffee table uh was the same coffee table and i kept it for a reason it's strong mm-hmm. it's it's sturdy it's mm-hmm. it's metal it's yeah. it's, it's it's been it's through strong. a lot yeah. that same coffee table is where i wrote my suicide note and that's mm-hmm. that's at that point oh that i gosh. was that night and something happened to me, and I won't get into the, the details of it, but it was a, an amazing experience that I had. I woke up from that experience knowing that there was something greater in my life to Were be done. Were there hallucinogens involved? No. No? Okay. No. I, I, don't, I don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. I don't experiment with drugs. I've smoked weed a few times, and I, and I, and I drank, yeah, drink very sparingly. You know, and I woke up from that experience and I knew that there was something greater for me, and that there was something greater in this life and in ev- the things that we experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that there was a journey ahead of me. And that's a moment that I decided to let 
everything go. The Vegas, the image, the businesses, everything and everyone. There's still, to this day, people who don't know what the hell happened to me in Las Vegas. I, I decided that moment that I was going to come back mm-hmm. to finish my book and wherever life may lead me. You had started the book already in Vegas no, or was it just conceptual? No, it was conceptual. Okay. Completely conceptual. And when and did it you wasn't start... in that moment that I decided that I was going to write the book. It was in the following moments after that experience that I decided oh, that I was going to write that book. Yeah. Gotcha. Because that was my question. I, was I didn't know ask what else to when... do. I didn't know what else to do. I, mm-hmm. I felt nothing mattered. All the things that I had put value to in my life didn't matter anymore. Material, money, wealth, status, none of those things mattered. So once I set those things aside, well, who's earnest? Who am I? Right? Mm-hmm. And you have to get to the core of that. And that's where my journey really, really began. From darkness from to, to light, essentially. Yeah. So I after that, that <laughs> is when you decided to write the book. And then how how long between <clears throat> that experience before you like packed up and were in Salinas again? Three months. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. The, the, so that, it was real that, quick. After yeah, that, within huh? a couple of days of that, I had a very strange dream that I was leaving an apartment called the South Point, and I was leaving. And this is a dream, and I'm leaving the gates of that apartment, and I'm in the passenger seat. And as I'm looking out to Las Vegas, everything is in ashes, right? And there's one building standing. And that's a building that I used to live in. It's covered in ashes, but it's still standing. And the name of that building, the high rise that I used to live in, was the one. Mm. And it's the only building standing. And when I realized that, I looked to the driver, and then the driver was me. And I woke up. I woke up almost in a panic. Yeah. And that was strange. And I feel that it was a lucid dream. But I feel that that experience or that dream sort of told me that that it was a time for me to move on. That, that it was going to be okay. That, yeah, that it's okay. That mm-hmm. it's okay to move on. That the, that sometimes it's okay to burn down the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean that metaphorically. And just start over. Mm-hmm. But the only thing standing or that's left yeah. is the one. It's you. One. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're like, yeah, everything can burn to pieces. But yeah, you're but still, you, yeah, you're the, you still stay standing and can yeah you have to be vulnerable with life and understand that there's a greater purpose and you have to understand that my life in my perception at some point was already established like i had friends telling me like oh like you know they admired the things that i was doing out there in business and and all of this for me to go from all of that now to then you rewind back to salinas working at a farmer's market selling coffee beans (laughs) <laughs> with my friend Eric, right? Yeah. It's, it's a big, at that point, it's a big ego thing that you have to, you have to understand that. Let it, That's when you have to let the ego go. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah. You know, you have to move on. I'm moving on with my life. I don't know where this is going to take me. I'm okay. I'm okay with letting all of those things that didn't matter go because they never mattered. Yeah. I thought they did, but they didn't. And that's when the magic in my life has has happened, mm-hmm. started happening. That's insane. Well, so thank then, you for sharing that, though, because that's. I mm-hmm. mean, sorry, like it's a lot to take in, especially you know from a a man. Yeah, you don't hear that too often, mm-hmm. especially. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that because I know a lot of people, a lot of listeners listening to that right now, would really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Baby, like, okay, 
he went through that. I'm going through this or I went through this. I'm not the only mm-hmm. one, you know, like it's okay. Yeah. Especially right now, May being mental health awareness. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And really speaking of that. that, you know, that that doesn't stop there. Oh, no. Struggles <laughs> don't stop there. I no. almost uh, died last year, you know, from, from I had uh, an health open heart problem. surgery. Oh, yeah. shit. How did see? So and my dad almost died last year and then we had COVID and then we had just started our business with a beard. It being the struggles don't stop there. The yeah. overcoming those things. Is 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 where the key is, and how you overcome it, how you dance with life. It's a mm. it's a dance. It's you've got to deal with things gracefully, right? And we'll get into those those things, you know. But that happened unexpectedly, you know. Yeah. You asked me two days before I went to the hospital. Sam was in the antique store, and she asked me if I was okay, and I told her I'm fine. I feel great. Yeah. I wasn't fine. I had lost sixty pounds in three months. Mm-hmm. I was dying. You know, and and a lot of people saw it, but they were scared to approach me because I was so like I didn't want to admit it, right? Yeah. I was like, everything's going good in my life, leave me alone. <laughs> you know. And I remember too, but, like in my head again, because I know that there you are a very private person in certain aspects, and I I've noticed very much like in our relationship and our friendship, right? Like as it evolves, like you're ready to talk about things when you're ready to talk about them, and I'm like totally fine with respecting that. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. I can see that you are like you know really excited about certain things, and I'm like, hey, that's you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like I'm okay excited when, for when you. When the gate to... is open, yeah, exactly. Right? When the door is yeah. open, when you let me through, I'll speak. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not going to speak out of term. I'm not going mm-hmm. to speak just to speak. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to speak unless you want to know, unless you ask. Definitely. Right? And and the human interaction. I'm not the person that you see online and you should never associate anyone, anything. And I guess that's the thing that I'm trying to break through with my, essentially with the art that I'll create in the future is we aren't these people that you see online. It's a mask. Yeah. It's a facade. Is. I don't know if I have any pictures of myself on my personal account with my face on it. Mm-hmm. it it's it, you know, it, it it's a facade. So, ask, mm-hmm. connect with people as we are. Yeah, but you were now, still right? telling me so, like so, you're. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. So I was like, all right, maybe he just didn't ready to talk about it. He's fine. Well, that's a whole different <laughs> thing that that I went through because it. Yeah. I, I, I've always have watched my health so much mm-hmm. where I was like, there's no way I can be sick. I always Did watch my always health. Did you always have like health issues? No. I've always watched my health. You want to know how that happened? Coincidentally enough, it was me trying to take care of my health. I went to the dentist and they didn't give me antibiotics. So my, I was born with a defective valve. I didn't know that. So when I didn't take antibiotics at the dentist, the cleaning, the deep cleaning that they did, it, infected my heart valve two of my heart valves oh my and then it infected so i had two things that were life-threatening i had sepsis endocarditis both of those things each each they give you about six months no to live. i work at a cardiology yeah. office i know so <laughs> endocarditis yeah. i had sepsis and i developed anemia and Jesus i lost Christ. 60 pounds in four months mm-hmm. i was 150 pounds by the 55 pounds by the time i got in the hospital i was like 215 before before in four months. So by the time I got to the hospital, I was essentially dying. They put me <clears throat> under emergency. Dialysis. Um, no, emergency, emergency open heart surgery. Mm. So I had, if they thought Here. they had a, rep- in, at Memorial. At they, Memorial? Yeah. They, had, they thought they had to replace one valve in the middle of the surgery. They called my parents as I was under. And they said, oh, we have to replace two valves. And my family was freaking out. It was a nine-hour surgery. <laughs> 
And the same thing happened to my dad recently. Yeah. He had a yeah. quintuple open heart we bypass surgery. Yeah. yeah. And they went in thinking it was just needed a little stint or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was in the hospital for 27 days. It's insane. You know, for me to be a, a man that always took care of his health, that was always going to the gym, that was always on top of his just health. Just being healthy. Just being healthy. Yeah. Just and even, I remember we were talking well, about like our diets, you know what I mean? Like not eating what cow's milk. Is, like, yeah. Life happens. Yeah. There are certain mm-hmm. things in life that you cannot control. Live gracefully, live for every moment, and just appreciate those things that you have. Yeah. Right? And appreciate life. And live enough. artfully, create. Don't worry about money. I, 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 and it's 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 hard for me to to say that. And what I mean by don't worry about money is like don't don't, don't worry stress about off of money. It. Don't 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 stress. Those things will come. When I was in Salinas, I was flat broke. I lived with my parents for six, for a year when I moved out here. Mm-hmm. As a thirty something year old man who has had his own businesses, his multiple vehicles, all of like that was a big cars, thing. High that, rise. You know, to go back, to, yeah, to go back to the room that I grew yeah. up in and have to live there with my parents for over, you know. But it, it was a beautiful moment for me because mm-hmm. I had to, I got to reconnect with my parents. I stopped hanging out with. At that point, I was done with everyone and everything. The toxic was everything. Out. There it was, you go. I was, I was yep. decompressing, just getting rid of it, and it was just family. <laughs> Sam at and that me point. know that part. That, that was yeah. a family that was with me no matter if i was broke no matter mm-hmm. if i was sick no matter if they i was were there dying, for you they were there and that's all that was there yeah. for me and that changed my perspective forever i truly feel that we go through challenges in life to get a better perspective on the things that truly matter mm, that's beautifully that's, said yeah yep. like those things put you in perspective and and all i guess my hope my I, the hope for my story is to inspire we will all be on at our deathbed at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Right. I contemplate our my own mortality all the time in a philosophical way, in a healthy way now. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, what am I going to leave behind? What things really matter? No one's going to remember the car you drove. No. Nope. Or your business. Like, people aren't going to remember that. Mm. You know, they're going to remember how you impacted them on your in your daily interactions. Live gracefully and I promise you that the money ish things and the money issues that we go through, they, they work themselves out. Mm-hmm. There's something higher at work. And, and those things often work themselves out when you follow your intuition and where you're, you're in love with life mm-hmm. and doing the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Such Damn as you guys, you're speaking here yeah. on the mic and just <laughs> having conversations on that. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We're interacting. We're connecting. Yeah. That's what's important. And I guess that that's a story that I've been trying to tell for the longest time you know yeah. i feel like maybe it's a little a lot of these things i'm com- confessing for the first time so it, it's me coming out of that that, that darkness shell. in yeah. a way that shell because i am very reserved i am very careful i am very you know yeah i've been through a lot in in you're in very careful time. who you share your energy with yes it's, yes that's yeah. a, that's yes. a big yeah, thing that sure. we totally understand mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to yeah. tell a quick story of Ness. I don't know if I ever said this to you personally, but I know that I've told other people often. And, I, you know, when I remember when I was going through like a really, really difficult time in my life and I was sitting at the bearded bean and you came up to and I think I was writing or reading or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you came up to me and you were just like instinctively like, are you cool? What's going on? And I was mm-hmm. just like, there's just a lot of static happening right now. 
know, I was like, and I feel super, super stressed, you know, I was like, and I, I'm just stressed. Like, I was like, the stress level is just super high, you know, I was like, and it's like really important. And I shared a little bit with you, you know, what it was in regards to and stuff like that. And I remember you looked at me and you were like, you know, we pay a price for indulging in our emotions and any which way, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You were like, it's like a, like a pendulum. Like if you swing in any one direction or the other, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's gravity. Like it's polarity. Exactly. The polarity. That's what you said. Once you oppose something, you become the polarity of it. Mm -hmm. You become its mirror. Yeah. And become that. Right. So, so you were like, I try to stay in the center. Exactly. You have to be centered because then you become the, the thing that you dislike. If you exude the same energy toward it, that it's exuding toward you, Mm. you become it. Yep. Whether it's black or white, it doesn't matter. You Mm -hmm. become it, right? Yeah. So being centered, but... And yes. I remember you telling me that and mm-hmm. you were just like, you know, like, I like it's important and stuff like that. And, you know, like you're like, but don't be don't like be stressed out about it. You're mm-hmm. like, it's as easy as it said, you know, obviously easier said than none. You're like, but and if you don't approach this from a calm, rational place, that's when you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And you were like, and I was just in my mind, I was like, I can't lose this battle. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. you were like, that's when you're going to lose. Like, you can't be stressed, you know, try and center yourself. And instead of being that pendulum on the clock that swings one way or the other with the emotions try and be that balance in the middle you know and you, and no you one, said be no one is arc yeah <laughs> and you said to me <laughs> he to be, panicked at yeah. some point right but eventually it's like okay I'm okay <laughs> the, the, the clouds <laughs> part in the sky right and i remember i often remember that when i get really worked up about certain things or whatever mm-hmm. and i'm just like all right if i don't approach this from a calm strategic rational point of view like i'm not going to make good decisions yeah. you know so i always am like all right I, I need like five minutes but let me go find my <laughs> center and i will come back like yeah, you know what i'm yeah. saying but that was something that you you said to me and i'm sure i've heard it a million other times or whatever right but for whatever reason it clicked for me in that mm-hmm. moment and i did win that motherfucking battle yeah. <laughs> for the record that's great to hear <laughs> and uh, a lot of them after that but i i often remind myself of like yeah like i just i need to find the balance i need to find the center you yeah. know what yeah. i mean and be calm awesome. the so. table that you mentioned and the mm-hmm. bearded bean Last January, that was a table. Sam and I sat down to cheer our first beer mm-hmm. when the podcast just started. Interesting. Yep. And we very interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's when we started the Instagram. That's that moment. That, and we sat. It's the magic yeah. that that happens, yeah. you know. But when the bearded bean that was Rolex before, right? Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. Rolex coffee shop. June fifteenth, twenty eighteen. I wrote the first chapter to my book at Rolex. Oh, really? Right? Mm-hmm. Check this out. I ran into my friend David at that time. I have a friend, David, who now owns David uh, Jacobs Bear Coffee. We, oh, okay. We, okay, we've yeah. been friends since high school, him and I. Mm-hmm. I ran into him that day and he told me how he was he wanted to start a coffee business. And um, and I told him how I was writing a book. Coincidentally enough, he's now written a book and I now started a coffee shop. How funny. Right? I switched. Yeah, yeah. But and now I'm in the process of it's it's the beauty of, of life. Yeah. Like, the very next day. The reason I went to Rollick was I didn't know anyone out here. I didn't know any coffee shop. I didn't want to go to Starbucks. I wanted to go to a quieter place yeah. at the time. And the night before I had <laughs> the night before I had a dream of John Steinbeck helping me build a a, a wall and a and brick I, wall. I was well, like the brick I, wall. I, yeah. no, I was asking him how to 
write a book. I was like, how do I write? Like, how do I write a book? Of course, like, you would know to ask John Steinbeck. How do well, I write a book? Like, like to have the presence of mind. And, and as he's doing that, he's handing me a brick, and he said, "Brick by brick." Right, and that's become a motto for me, Eric, and Michael now in in our business. And there's uh, that brick wall that you guys brick, have to. Yeah, me and yeah. Eric built that. That's brick, cool. Brick by brick, mm. and if you go upstairs to our office, which no one ever goes up there, but there's <laughs> a broken wall with brick, and I and I painted brick by brick on it. Oh, really? But it's funny that I wrote the first chapter to my book there. The very next day, I drove out to the lighthouse in Pacific Grove. That's when I ran into Eric on the corner of Lighthouse and David Avenue. That's mm. how See, light, energy, yeah. the universe just brings people together when it should come. Yeah. I love That's that. That's amazing. I love that. I, I think that, do you remember what day of the week that was? I would not no. know. I'd have to look at the exact date. It was either June 15th, 2018 or June 18th, 2018. I'd have to look at oh, the exact uh, date. Those but I still have a uh, Snapchat saved from the day mm-hmm. when I was walking into Rolex um, saying, oh, my writing spot for the day or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So that's how I remember the date. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. We're going to have to like look it up or whatever. But anyway, I'll, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Send it to me. Okay. We'll look it up later. <laughs> and if the dates match up, you'll see an Instagram yeah. post. But it's the magic that is, it's insane. The magic that has happened from that idea, from that spark of me writing a book and then all of these things happening by chance. Yeah. Where in my mind, I'm not like, oh, like I'm living the life or no. In my mind, I'm like, I, I'm still need to complete my book yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that has still been my goal since the day i came to selena's mm-hmm. been to write this book and, and that's like book. what over three years now it's it's been about a three-year process and yeah. I, I won't release until 2022 and yeah, that's the first that's... one there's four there's a four book how many mm-hmm. chapters the first one Ooh, it's, it's um the first the first one has 20 uh, there's four books the first one has 22 parts the second one is a series of three books. One okay, has, I was going to ask, is it like what, a series? Yeah. The okay, second okay. one has seven chapters, seven chapters, and eight chapters. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. What Do you know your or life path number? I, I, I don't know. I think it's five. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll well, well, <laughs> I think, we'll I think, have to look it up I or whatever. I think it's five. But... Someone has asked me that before, okay. so I think they determined it was five. I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure of that. Interesting. But I, think it is, yeah. okay. I want to know what your tarot nice. birthday card is now. I'm really interested. See, I'm all into my witchy vibes. That's just me. My tarot card is a fool. I'll tell you that. What? The fool. Nah. The fool moves amongst them. Amongst. Now, all I'm the gonna cards, find out. I need to find out your birthday and, and every, everything. Everyone up. discredits him as just he's just a fool, but nah. he's, he's, he's he's hiding something, and he's a the, essentially he's a zero card, right? Because there's 22 cards, but he's a zero. He does, he's the one that's yeah, el bailando. Yeah. Yeah. He's a puppet master, not the puppeteer. The fool is no fool. Yes, yeah. this is true. <laughs> this is very, very true. If you had one piece of advice that you could give to people, just, you know, not necessarily business wise, but just like life wise, like of I feel like, Ness, you are wise beyond your years. So if there was mm-hmm. something that you wanted people to know. If you can tell the old Ness something and you want people. Ooh, that's to, yeah. a good one. Yeah. What would you tell the old? <laughs> what would you tell the Ness that was like down Fuck in it. the dumps? Yeah. Like, oh, what's man. the piece Ooh, of advice? That I put you him on give? the spot right Ooh, now. We, <laughs> we like it. We like yeah. it. <laughs> or just for like, you know, like Sam said, like life advice. What would you give to the next person? That's you or, you know. Ooh, that that one. <laughs> there's so much that I want to say. Yeah. Um, that I would say to the young me. It. All right, rattle a couple off then. <laughs> Whatever comes. You don't to have God. to pick one. Yeah, then I'll let you off the don't, hook. Don't live for just money. Mm. Don't live for the image. Th- these things don't define you, and they never will. Follow your heart. Live in love. 
and、mm-hmm. love yourself first. Always love yourself.、Mm-hmm. If you love yourself, I promise you that the greatest gift that you can have in life is your peace of mind.、Mm-hmm. I've had those things, and I don't say this. I, I say this with my ego aside. I've had the money. I've had the condo. I've had the the cars. I've had the the, the women.、Girls. I've、yeah. had those things. Yeah, they don't mean anything if you don't. Love yourself, love yourself.、Yeah. If you're not、yeah. centered, if you don't live、I、for the things、totally、that truly matter, that. I promise you that when you let go and you just become yourself, it's very strange how those things that are meant to be in your life just simply come into your life when you stop、mm. forcing it. Yep. And you just let go. We totally understand so, that. So it's hard to to. And that's how the coffee hard, came it, into your life, huh? Yeah, it was just like an organic it, it came into thing. My life. And everyone I, I, knows the story. You guys、yeah. met in Lighthouse. I, I used to be <laughs> an individual that went in, into coffee shops and just took to work on my laptop, and and that's it. And I never paid attention to my surroundings. Be present.、Mm-hmm. Understand that those things in front of you are presenting themselves to you constantly. See,、yeah. and this is exactly follow your why- intuition. Follow your intuition. And I know it sounds crazy because we're rational and we want to think, well, we have to do this because if I don't do this and I don't do this, then、mm-hmm. I can't pay my bills and I can't do. Just let go. Yeah, just follow、okay. your gut feeling. And I and I and again, there's a balance. Don't be don't go to the streets and be a hippie and don't do anything. <laughs> there's a balance. <laughs> right? yeah, that's what I wanted to be, do. Be rational, a little bit, a little bit rational. Use your you you, you be rational, but also use your intuition.、Yeah. Bring those two things into balance is、mm-hmm. is what I what I mean. Don't let either one of those things get out of balance. My life was in the dumps. I was depressed.、Mm. I was broke. I lost all of those things, and and they. Ultimately, didn't mean anything, and by me just letting go, by me following my dream of writing a book, I'm here. And do and you think this is the most fruitful part of your life so far, like fulfilling for you? Yes, thus far, right? Yes, only in the aspect of I wasn't chasing the dollar; I was chasing <clears throat> truth and freedom and liberation from from myself, from the shackles that I'd put on my own self with the character that I had created. Mm-hmm. I like、yeah. that. So awesome! I love、Aww. that. I love that. And yes.、Mm-hmm. Well, we are gonna wrap this episode up, but in true Adrian Comadres fashion, we also have <laughs> to ask you: What is the book that you want us to add to our bookshop dot org reading list that you、Currently、can find through our link tree in on our IG account? But we always ask our guests:、yeah. Like, what is a book, either、um, the book that you are currently reading or a book that had a big impact on your life? Something that like. You okay, know, the you book, suggest other people should read the book I'm currently reading is I Ivan Gibral. He was a Kabbalist from、uh, ancient times. You're gonna have and, to spell that for us before you leave. <laughs> I B N G I B R O. Oh, I hella spelled that wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all like that's not. All right,、it. take it from the top. <laughs> Because it's comadres and <laughs> drinks have been flowing.、Yeah. So、what, what I'm reading is、uh, it, it's IBN. I okay. G I B G I B E R O L, and、um, I'm reading. I I usually study one subject at a time. I I should have probably talked about that, but I I I, I、okay. invest my biggest expense <laughs> is my my self education. But I'm currently reading his Isaac Myers. Book on him on his life and and it's um on the Kabbalah I'm reading a Hebrew version of it which which I I, I know Hebrew 
and a Spanish version of it, okay. a Spaniard oh, wow. version. So, so English, you Spanish, read and Hebrew. Hebrew? Yeah. Yes. Do yeah. you speak Hebrew as well? A, a little bit. Um, oh, I didn't I'm, know I'm becoming this. fluent. Yeah, I'm, I'm studying with with um, Israel Institute of with this, an Israel Institute. To, I, I we can go on to a different conversation mm-hmm. with that. So you're but, conversational right now in Hebrew. Yes. Yeah, I can yes. read Hebrew. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, hundred um, percent. That's so I, cool. I have trouble sometimes understanding some phrases, but mm-hmm. but I'm I'm. It's a continued study right now. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's what I'm currently reading. Uh, his studies on on the Kabbalah. Um, what I recommend to read. Um, the book that really sparked everything for me: The Initiates of the Flame, by Manly Palmer Hall, is one one book that changed my life. I would highly, highly recommend. Also, his Secret Teaching of All Ages, Secret Teachings of All Ages. They have that in a paperback and a hardcover. What else? There's so many. Because <laughs> we can have, we should actually have you on again as a guest and just talk about the bookstore and your kind of niche market and stuff. Because I think yeah. that's a whole nother amazing conversation oh, that we yeah. can have yeah whatever. but that deserves a whole nother hour of comadres y'all yeah. like <laughs> real talk like we can't get into it right now because it's just we can be here for all night yeah, yeah exactly especially you know again the drinks be a flowing yeah. cheers <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow so i i think let, let's keep it to an author let's keep it to manly p hall today manly because it, that makes it gotcha. so much easier for me when, when you're talking about books and it just goes all over the place mm-hmm. but manly palmer hall his initiates of the flame okay or it, the initiates of the flame and the secret teaching of all ages and another book of his would be ooh, the lost keys of freemasonry Ooh, I want to read that one. Yeah, that one's great. The Lost Keys of what? Freemasonry. Freemasonry. And the only reason I recommend that is, well, for several reasons. Again, we can have many, many conversations Mm -hmm. on this, but it's it's a it's a fairly. I think the eloquence of his writing really it Hmm. is it comes out in in Mm -hmm. in that book. Yeah, and you know what? The other reason, selfishly, I want to do another one about you know books and the book that you are writing is because Ness can tell a great story about how I influenced his book as well. <laughs> That's the reason but... why you want to hear it. Yes, With, um, like I said, selfishly. Borges. <laughs> yes. Borges. Yeah. Oh my God. He had posted something on Instagram and I was following you on your yeah. uh, personal Instagram and you had posted something about your book or whatever. And there was a little excerpt that I think you had posted and I read that and I responded back and I was like, I really think you should read Borges. Like, I, I think you would really enjoy him. So you, you, like, is that how you pronounce it? Borges? Borges. I, that's how I was told Borges. that I could be wrong. I, or I, I always yeah. assume I'm wrong. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. If oh, We should have recommended him. I yeah. should have gone with I should have yeah. gone that route. <laughs> Ficciones in mm, Spanish. It's so beautiful too. The way he yeah. if you read Spanish, read Borges. Oh like my he's God. just so beautiful. And the translation in English, doesn't he's just it it's it's doesn't one of the do most, it justice it, though. I I don't think I've ever, besides maybe some of Manly Hall's work, I've ever been so inspired after mm-hmm. reading someone than when I read Borges. In, insane the reason i i'm so we'll talk about no, say it, but, it. But, go but, ahead we have Borges, two minutes <laughs> Borges gave me the i'm not crazy in what i'm trying to write yes feeling right mm-hmm. when i when i read his work i was like oh someone's done it before and that actually gave me comfort it didn't discourage me it gave me 
oh, I, I feel I feel a little bit comfortable with what I'm doing because a master of his work has done it before. Yeah. And, and he was. I was just going to oh say that goodness. you took the words right out of my mouth. And Borges is a master of his work. And I mean, he just is known eloquent. as one of the greats of, you he, know, he, even among his contemporaries. He's so like, eloquent. He's so intellectual. But yet there's this book that I, I actually I, I've read only parts of it online because I haven't been able to find it on, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Borges's Borges's it's, and I'm going to probably get this wrong. Borges's quest for God through his works or whatever. And that's okay. the point. A lot of people miss is, is a lot of his, his mystical elements and his, his search for God within his works. You know, mm-hmm. essentially he was, he was on a, on a spiritual path while he was writing these works. That's the best way for me to put it. Mm-hmm. He was on a spiritual path when he was writing these works. And it's almost like these things happen as a result of that path. Yeah. And I feel a connection to that because I feel a lot of the things in my life have ha- happened as a result of me trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, what's so funny. You would mention, oh, I was introduced to Borges because I was reading um, Neruda's Confieso Que He Vivido. Mm-hmm. I, when I, I was in Spain and I wanted to like walk the same boulevards and read, you know what I mean? Where Neruda was and like read this book and it's, it's his memoir essentially. But there's a piece in there where he's talking about like some sescapade with Borges or whatever. And I think they're in Paris or no, I think they're in Spain in the book or something like that. Right. And so I was like, who is this Borges character? And so I look him up and I'm in Spain I was in Madrid and I go into a bookstore and they had I mean it was like open the vault they had like all this stuff available to me so I start pulling things and I was like oh my god like I dig deeper he was Argentinian but he he you know he wasn't really accepted and and again I I feel a lot of his the the same Mm -hmm. similarities um, similarities to the character where he wasn't accepted in in his Mm -hmm. world because he was too European exactly right and I'm saying that he was supposedly too European or, or yeah. whatever, right? So it, I, I feel his pain in some ways. Like, he spent no, a lot of time in Europe. He though, did, yeah. but yeah. he he was learning. He was evolving. Exactly. He was changing. He was he was. And he sp- spent time with again the greats, like his contemporaries. Yeah. Like yeah. Were, now he's embraced, yeah. mm-hmm. rightfully so. Definitely. But I, I I think I feel a lot of connection to to that. What he must have felt mm-hmm. in that, right? But, yep. Yeah. But yeah. Borges, y'all, get into it. <laughs> we should have spoken about him. I can't believe that. that I didn't I recommend that. But this, I still stick to my manly holidays. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into our regalos y cargas and wrap up our episode. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Do you want to? Are you familiar with regalos y cargas, Ness? I'll let you guys go. Yes, you do. Okay, yes, cool, I am. Cool, cool. You want to go first? I'm go let's first. see. Re- I'll go with regalos. I'll, I'll do mine first. So my carga. Dude, we're getting close to the first of the month. Gotta pay. I feel like <laughs> I was talking to on the phone with my mom the other day, and I was like, "Man, my rent's due again." I feel like I just paid that motherfucker. <laughs> like, I'm like that. Uh, I got a lot of like stressful things happening in my life, but I found a good, you know, balance and able to manage things. So I'm gonna go with that for my kaga, man. Um, bills are due every first of the month. Sounds like you said kaga. Carga, maybe, dude. Pues es pura cagada. Anyone want to contribute? I have a PayPal and a Zelle. <laughs> Family bring free. You feel hey, me? Put Anyhow. Your, put your PayPal, like, at whatever or your Zelle thing, and then so people send you money. In my, people do that shit, like, in their bio or whatever. Oh, I'm, like, bitch, I'm about to do shit like that, too. <laughs> shit, watch me. 
Watch. I don't know. I'm on that single mom tip and the bills are due. <laughs> That's why ain't I'm no, a single mom help yeah, me in the window. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody paying bills for me. Yeah. I'm just, fuck, man. Pay my rent so I know it's real. (laughs) (laughs) But my regalo is before, right before we came to record, I got to go to senior night for my godson, Xavier. So shout out X and his senior year. He played, he's a triple varsity, played varsity basketball, football, and baseball. So yeah, he had his one of the last, it's the last regular season game of the you know, of this year and they didn't get that many, but I was happy to be there for senior night, made a little sign and was out there cheering him on one last time. It was so cute because, you know, well, I say cute, but sorry, boys, like they all have mustaches now and stuff. And like, I won't say his name and embarrass him, but one of the boys came up and like, you know, you're sitting there with all the moms and, you know, he's my godson, but like I go to all his games Mm -hmm. and everything like that. Right. And I was like, oh, I just had a flashback of him crying in Little League. Do you guys remember that? And everyone (laughs) remembered exactly what I was talking about you know what I, and I was just Aww. like it's over baseball's over That's so, <laughs> so sad but how life goes right I remember these boys in little league 10 11 years old like yeah it was mm. but that was my regalos to watch that I'm one you last yeah you know regular season I'm glad game. you went and enjoyed that and they ended up winning too there in epic go. fashion <laughs> so I'll pass pass it on yeah. Frenchie what is your regalos y cargas <laughs> I have one carga. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I was. Pat, let her sleep. No, Pat, damn. It's not even my husband. Um, <laughs> I'm just tired working Monday through Friday, eight to five. You don't know how excited I am for the three day weekend right now. Mm. Like, I'm so excited. Um, but anyways, all this week, I have not been home till like almost 10. Um, damn, girl. I've been busy after work. I've been, you know. Working out still at 5.30 in the morning. Like, I'm doing things that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. have to because of my health. You know, honestly, that's not like carga, but my regalo, I'm going to be like, self. I'm going to be selfish. I'm fucking loving life right now. Mm-hmm. I am so happy. I was telling Sam, like, my angel numbers are coming at me all at once. My, I started doing limpias for people, you know, just doing my little side business, like hustle over here. Yep. Because this is California and the yeah. motherfucker's gonna got <laughs> I two, three, that, four different know? streams of income. You feel um, me? <laughs> I got a little other side job too that I'm working every other Saturday, which is cool. Like, I'm not tripping from 10 to mm. 3. Work, yeah, I get my responsibility, but they trust me and I feel so much more appreciated there, you know, even though it's a little bit stressful sometimes, I'm not gonna lie. Still, you know, doing the work with Brown Berets, it's so. It's so fucking like just Filling. feels. Yeah, it just yeah. feels so good, especially after this Saturday. Like it felt really good just to be out in the field and doing action again. Yeah. You know, even though I got like a bruised arm and cuts, but hey, it was worth it, you know. <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm just happy right now. And then and I it's nothing wrong to talk about it. But now my husband and I are doing a uh, marriage counseling. Oh, cool. And I love that. Well, cool in the sense that you no. found, you got yeah. into a place and you guys are, you know what I mean? We're actually Finding. a lot more in tune with ourselves. We're actually mm-hmm. happy. We're actually like communicating and we're actually just there. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm not going to lie. We were arguing 24-7 and I would tell you all the things yes. and what would happen. And bitch, you ain't that good of a communicator. I love no. you. but <laughs> Hell, no. Hell no. Like. I'm not like I'm double like freaking fire in me and I will I threw like I'm not ashamed to say is I did throw a shampoo bottle and one time hit a guy <laughs> on the bald head 
And but anyway, he's quick with the duck. But <laughs> no, he's not. Poor Pat. <laughs> but you know, he married me. But anyways, but we're doing so much better and it's so much good. And I'm just like loving life right now. I'm tired, but for good reasons. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so regalos and cargas. Yeah. Yep. Cargas, I guess. I'm trying to bring things in a balance. I think I, I've struggled with. I have so much going on, so many mm-hmm. different things that it's it's hard sometimes for me to stay focused on the things that I came here to do, mm-hmm. right? And ultimately, that's my creative process and my creative life. So that's it. It's just be feeling a little bit overwhelmed with things sometimes, and but it's you. We bring these things upon ourselves. Yeah. No one asked me to start a business, <laughs> right? Or multiple businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought these things upon myself. So now it's like, okay, I have all these things. How do I bring them into balance? You know, and make sure that I stay centered and that I stay on my path. And that yeah. that's it. It's my frustrations with myself. I'm very hard on myself, and I feel that it's important to. Before you complain about the outer world, contemplate your inner self. Mm-hmm. And I've just been contemplating my inner self. Am I doing things right? Am I I'm always second-guessing myself? Believe it or not, I feel I'm confident in following my intuition, but I'm also very cautious. Oh, yeah. Because I've made a lot of mistakes in the past. So now it's it's every move I make is, is it the right move? And it's sort of a waiting period. And it's like, okay, that was the right move. <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah. It's a calculated but, risk and yeah. not just a risk anymore. <laughs> yeah. So now it's it's more, um, it's hard. It's it, it, it's hard no, mentally yeah. to, to stay to stay focused. And, you know, I guess it, that's what I struggle with is to, mm. to, to make sure that I uh, maintain my clarity. Grateful for everything, the interactions that I have on the doors that open on a daily basis. So many things have opened for me just by coming back and following my heart, you know, so I'm able to identify those things and and make good of them as best I can. Being in this podcast, I think, is a great thing. It's allowed me to open up in ways that I haven't been able to open up before. Um, And you know what? I love that you were so open to like coming onto our podcast because I think everyone does, you know, kind of see Ness and they associate you with and rightfully so like the success of like you and Eric, your partners as well. Obviously, you and and Eric and Michael, and they associate you with the success of the bearded bean. And they're like, oh, here's this guy that like wasn't here before. And he's Mm -hmm. from Salinas, was gone, now comes up. And like, I feel like oftentimes, you know, there might be a misperception out there that you're like an overnight success or whatever you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. and they just like oh like this is his first business and he's successful with it and yeah. you know look at him and yeah. no that's it's not the after story dark success yeah. which yeah. means it happened after darkness and it happened after a lot of other successes and a lot of other failures yeah. and i think that's the important message that needs to be conveyed here yeah. because the the problem with our society i feel is is the fact that people think they can just become overnight successes and it's not the case Nope. That's not the case. And it doesn't, it also doesn't mean you have to struggle. No. Right? Mm -hmm. Make good decisions. Follow your heart. And you don't have to go through the crap that I went through, you know. (laughs) with with any of it yeah that, that's that's my stay hope. away from person my hope a. is to get <laughs> yeah, my hope is to that type is, of person if, if i can help you avoid a couple of pitfalls throughout your process i think my my or even one pitfall throughout your process my job yeah. i feel is done 
Yeah, nice. That's a beautiful way to end this episode of 831 Comadres. As always, hit us up on social media. IG is at 831 underscore Comadres. Please subscribe, write reviews, everything. Like, we appreciate all the feedback from everyone. If you guys want to hear anything coming up, I mean, June is like Pride Month, too. So, yeah, exactly. You know, guest, hello, hey. Hey, hit us up. Let us know. (laughs) We're open to everybody and anything. So, yes. If you guys are fans, you know, you guys know. Slide in the DM, as we like to say <laughs> on 831 Comadres. And we'll catch y'all next week. Adios. Ciao. Bye.